Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and you are listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Now, last week I talked a little bit about a U.S. Open recap, and I kind of hinted a little bit to a great guest that we're having come on the show. And this week, that guest is here to talk about the U.S. Open. But not only was that guest watching the U.S. Open, she was watching it in person. Extremely jealous. I got to do it last year, but I can't be selfish. She got to do it this year. Cal Carlson out of St. Peter, Minnesota. I, you know, I brought some people on from Tennis and Life. She worked with me at Tennis and Life Camp. Cal, how are you? Doing well, Jake. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so Cal worked at the U.S. Open. She's worked at the U.S. Open a few times. She was there with me last year um, when I worked there. But Cal, this year, obviously so strange. And I text Cal probably a week before the Open. Um, and I was like, just out of the whim, I was just like sitting on the couch. And I was like, are you going this year? And she's like, yeah, blew my mind. And instantly I was like, we got to have her on. I'm so jealous. I can't wait to see your Snapchats, everything. How was your experience this year at the U.S. Open? Because obviously... It's a great tournament and a great time, but this year had to be so unique in the way that it happened. Yeah, it was super strange. So this year was my first or my fourth U.S. Open. So unlike any other, hopefully unlike anything that will happen again. Um, but yeah, super strange. Um, I mean, no fans and yeah, just athletes and workers. So it was it was quite a time. Tell, tell me a little bit about the grounds. Because um, I saw, like, you could see kind of on ESPN a little bit that the grounds were, like, there was, like, a mini putt and, like, a smaller court. You could, like, hit a soccer ball. Like, how, how was, like, that whole right in front of, like, Arthur Ashe there? How was that all set up? Was that kind of cool? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was awesome. The athletes loved it. it so, yeah, the entire South Plaza was turned into, like, a multi-sport area. So we had mini golf and, you know, soccer pool, um, pickleball, lawn chairs out, comfy outdoor suite areas for athletes to lounge in. Um, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like a summer camp for athletes a little bit. They could roam around the site, you know, they could go anywhere, hide in corners, you know. So it was it was really um, set up so that the athletes could have a great time and, um, you know, they couldn't really go and see different sites in New York like they're used to. So they really did a good job of, you know, bringing activities to the grounds and into the hotels. Yeah, and if you've never been to the USTA National Tennis Center, the Billie Jean King National Tennis Center, um, it's large. Like, there, there is a lot of room to work with. And I know they, they didn't really use all the courts, I don't believe, um, for all of the matches. So that even made it, like, more space, right? Because there was more space or whatever. But what was it like? Because Cal and I both, when we were there last year, like, we can go. I mean, most of my job was outside of um, Arthur Ashe Stadium. Um, but like me and Cal, we could go out into the grounds and linger around the people and kind of be a normal person, um, not living the lavish life behind the scenes. I put that in quote air quotations. You couldn't see. Um, but like, what was that like? Not just having tens of thousands of people there, even like a hundred thousand people over Labor Day weekend roaming around the tennis center. Well, it was, it was, I mean, it was super strange, right? Cause New York is known for the energy and the fans. And so, yeah, I mean, as the, as the draws got smaller, there was, it was a ghost town on the site. I mean, 
So, yeah, but a lot of the athletes, I mean, although they love, you know, they, they love the energy of New York, and I think they missed that. There there was this extra, I mean, I guess like a, lux- a luxury, right? They could walk around. Um, for me personally, I mean, you didn't have to, you know, run through crowds or anything. So, yeah, and the, it, I mean, it was just very, very strange, um, especially watching matches, too. We were fortunate as workers to be able to, I mean, go and watch any match that was happening. And so, I mean, seeing a Bear Stadium, especially Arthur Ashe, is just something that you never thought you'd really see at the U.S. Open. Yeah, what, yeah, what was that like? Not only like Arthur Ashe, but even like Armstrong, and once you get to the grandstand, 17, some of those smaller courts, you don't really see anybody there anyway. But what was it like in like any of the stadiums? really being there was it was there like a hollow acoustic sound a little bit but is it weird to hear somebody like yell a big come on and it just be like maybe their coach gives them a clap or two yeah I mean it was a little eerie you know like it's not like the baseball with the cardboard cutouts or anything the U or the USC had those screens fan screens fan cams um but yeah I mean it was it's it was pretty dead quiet other than, you know, the sound of the tennis ball being hit and a few come-ons. But, um, yeah, it, it was really strange. A lot of the athletes have said that it just kind of felt like you know, like a practice match or like a practice because it's just such a, you know, they had to create that energy that they usually get from the audience. And, yeah, especially on the, you know, the smaller courts, not, you know, not the Louis Armstrong or Ash. Those, those courts were pretty dead too. So it was just a... It was really a weird and strange, unique experience. And and especially when you watch it on TV, it really didn't look that weird. But when you but when you talk to like some of the, like when the, some of the reporters would talk to some of the like players that were weren't really top ten or some of the younger players even, they're like, we play challenges and there's been like as many fans in the crowd as like there are workers here. So like for them, it wasn't like terribly weird, I think, but some of those higher players, like I can't remember the last time Djokovic probably even practiced with no fans, which is probably a really, really long right. time. But was it weird to even walk around the grounds? Like you talked about those lounge areas. Was it like, I I'm assuming that, I mean, you got like Dominic team and Stefano Sitsipas and you know, Ser- maybe not Serena, but like some of the other players on the women's side, um, like the Madison Keys, Sloan Stevens, some of those players just like chilling out in that lounge area, maybe putting it away. Like I saw Francis Tiafo was. Yeah. I mean, the athletes really utilize the space. It was really cool too. The suites that are in Arthur Ashe, the top 32 um, players got, got their own personal space. So they really utilized that. They were able to kind of have, you know, there was a TV in the suites and they could go out and watch any match that was happening and then go back in and, uh, you know, just kind of have their own their own little place, which is unlike in years past where that's usually for, you know, execs and different things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was really strange to just see athletes walk around freely. I mean, especially, you know, as fans um, in, in years past, it's just always so crowded. They they really just do not have that luxury. So it was it was a lot different. So So weird to see, like, those players – outside of those walls outside of ash because like even last year sometimes we had to take players from ash to armstrong um as part of a player escort and we would have to take you know players that weren't even known but we would have to like scurry through the grounds through people and people would obviously know this as a player whether they knew him or not but it god it would just be so weird to see players like when they would show like espn would show like shots of just players chilling in like by the fountains which would like never happen 
ever. Right. Um, and yeah. They, they like never get to enjoy the grounds actually. So it's like so weird to see that that actually happen. But as far as like I saw when Cal went on the plane, she was she was ready to go. She you had the you had the uh did you order the scientific goggles or did did different goggles come that you thought <laughs> were coming? No, well, I had ordered goggles and when I when I got them, they were very scientific looking. Um definitely uh, caught a few eyes at the airport, but yeah, um, was not expecting such um, such big goggles. It was, it was quite embarrassing, truthfully. <laughs> she she looked a little bit like she was jumping in the chem lab right as she landed yeah. in LaGuardia a little bit. But what what were some of the protocols like when you got there? Obviously, you don't have to go into crazy detail about it, but like what were some of the things that you guys like had to do? I know there was buses and you probably couldn't stay in an Airbnb like you could have in years past. What were some of the things that obviously were different, but you had to do as part of working at the U.S. Open? Yeah, totally. So staff was all put up in hotels. Um, they had specific hotels for media and players. Obviously, there was no media on site. But when I say media, I mean, you know, the ATP communication staff, the WTA, the ITF, and the USTA. Um so, so yeah, so we had hotels. Um, there was a mask mandate on site. So anytime, um, I mean, you had to be wearing your mask anytime uh, that you, I mean, unless you were eating or I mean, players, if they were playing, they didn't have to wear it. But otherwise, I mean, you needed to be wearing your mask the entire time. Um, there was hand sanitizer all over, highly encouraged um, to use it. I mean, all the time uh, they had signs everywhere, of like no hugging. We know that we're back, but. Um, you know, we, we can't be doing that. And they, I mean, just so much, they, they did so much to keep us all safe. We got tested every four days. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the USTA did, I mean, just above and beyond to make sure that the athletes and the staff, um, were well taken care of during this tournament, especially amidst the pandemic. Were you guys up in Long Island? Was that right? Um, Long Island, the athletes were out there. Um, we, uh, the media where I was um, was actually just in Queens. It was about a five-minute um, bus ride, which was awesome for those late-night matches. I was going to say, that's um, got to be great. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, quick bus, 10 minutes, five minutes to the hotel, and you're, you're sleeping pretty quick. So, yeah, I, I mean, it was, it, was, it was awesome. Really well thought out, really, really well done. Yeah, and I was I was even thinking like uh, I heard originally that, that that people are put up in Long Island, and I don't know New York that well, but that's not like close at all to Flushing Meadows, is no. it? No, no, it's probably about a twenty to thirty minute bus ride, um, and it, I mean, depending on traffic too, sometimes it could be closer to forty five minutes to an hour. So that's actually it's kind of a haul, kind of a hike out um, to Long Island a little yep. bit from the from the site i'm gonna get roasted by if anybody listens to this out of new york city but i think long island's on the other side of manhattan is that correct i think right i think you gotta like jump over because isn't it like queens brooklyn manhattan because like doesn't the long island railroad like really book it over there (laughs) okay i I honestly don't know either but i I actually we're we're from the midwest why should we know I think it, yeah. Why should we know exactly? Yeah, I, I actually have no idea. That's a great question. But yeah, it is I was a little, close, I was a little so. confused why they were in Long Island. But hey, I, who am I to judge? They went through the whole tournament <laughs> and like, what, who was it? Uh, Bino Pierre got COVID, but who knows how he got it? Yep. So that's the first. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm seeing a map. Um, Bro- 
Oh, it's the other way. Long Island's back the other way. No, it's not I know, towards I think it's Manhattan. East, is it east, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's bad. I was so wrong. I think the other side of Manhattan is New Jersey. So, oh, <laughs> Staten Island. Staten Island. I took the Staten Island ferry last year. So that's what's on the other oh, side of okay. Manhattan, I think. Yeah, I was way, maybe long. I don't think Long Island's that far. Well done, USDA. I am so wrong. I am going to get roasted by, I had a couple guests come on from New York before and I don't know if they listen but they are going to roast me if they have if they ever hear me say that um but as part as like but you but you had like bus rides right and so like were, were the buses like every like 30 minutes or something throughout the day but you once yep. you got to the grounds you didn't leave did you like throughout the day again? once you got to the grounds like you didn't leave oh, yeah. throughout the day and go back and stuff like that right no no yeah I mean when I was there once matches started and I mean we it was it was made pretty clear that that you you know you go to work and you go back to your hotel and you don't leave your room you pretty much you're stuck there so yeah um i mean buses yeah every 30 minutes and yeah i mean bubble life yeah bubble that's right bubble it was hey it's not all glam and glory though like the whole like seeing all the cool matches and stuff like usually like last year when i was at the us open i was like i'm gonna go see manhattan i'm gonna go see this and that like it, there had to be some times where it's like, man, I'm bored. Oh, totally. I mean, I was, I mean, I, I took to my Snapchat. I, I was FaceTiming my friends that night. I, I mean, I was, it, it did get definitely lonely. Just, you know, you're not, you can't really inter- interact with other people. It's, we're, you know, we're trying to keep everybody safe. So it was definitely different in that regard. Usually in years past, it's fun to be able to hang out with co-workers um after work or you know whatever but this year was definitely different so yeah def- I mean, definitely lonelier and you definitely could get bored yeah like even last year i think sometimes when you get done early you can go like to the grounds and get some like u.s open food or like uh honey goose isn't that what they called honey goose honey goose yep, yep. Honey, you could get yourself a honey goose for 18 bucks and sip down <laughs> some mean vodka or just have a little fun, but like, like there was nothing going on, which would have been so weird. It's either tennis or if you don't want to watch the matches, ship it home. Um, this year, so we- you got to see the men's and the women's final, right? Yes. But bes- like, I don't know if those were your favorite moments, but what were some of like your favorite moments this year? Um, because really, you kind of got pick of the litter, kind of watch whatever match you want, right? Um, I mean, yeah. when you weren't working, but like kind of yeah no I mean obviously the finals are something really special and I I mean we were just so spoiled to be able to watch those that you know in so I mean we were down in the lower bowl we could sit wherever we wanted so I mean really any opportunity that I got to watch any matches in Arthur Ashe were my favorite there's just nothing like it obviously it was the energy wasn't necessarily there but it's just you know one of the greatest stadiums in the world and um yeah, I, I mean, it just really doesn't get better than that. In the finals, being able to hear the athletes breathe and yell and, you know, kind of talk to themselves was something really cool, too, that usually you don't get as an audience member because, it's you know, there's like this buzz in New York. So, um, yeah, any, any match that I got to watch in Arthur Ashe was, was definitely really special. I, I, I didn't even think about that. Like, usually... 
you never get to hear the athletes like really talk to themselves or you don't really get to hear stuff they do in between points because it's always loud or it's always buzzing, right? And you hear their come-ons or whatever. But that had to be unique. Like you literally can hear like them walk, right? Totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was it was unreal. It was really, really cool. That That's like something, like to be honest, that's like something that no one will ever like experience because like, when tennis gets really back into full swing and there hasn't been like that much tennis that has been without fans. It's literally been like what like the ultimate tennis showdown with Marta glow, Marta glue or whatever in France. Yeah. That was like 10 people, but whatever it was small court anyway, who cares? And then it was like Cincy <laughs> us open and now Rome. And I, I, I've heard the French is having fans, but who knows? Um, but yeah. <laughs> like, n- there's not that many people that are good to experience like that. Like that had to be so cool, but also could you could probably watch like any practice you want, any match you want, any, like you could, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could probably just watch these people hang out, which is kind of creepy, but like, mm-hmm. There was so like in most of your free time, if there wasn't a match to do, like what'd you do on grounds? Like yeah. instead of like walk around and people watch, which I kind of did last year, I was guilty. Yeah, I mean, twiddle my thumbs, answer emails. I mean, when there was no matches going on, you're kind of like, what do you do? I mean, I, I definitely took advantage later in the tournament as things kind of quieted down on site to you know play mini golf and. Uh, do the pickleball with friends um, and coworkers. So, I mean, it, they the USTA really had a great setup and, I mean, kept everybody, you know, excited to be there, which was really cool. Definitely a lot of stuff to be able to do. Um, so, yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was just fantastic. What, what were your feelings um, going into the Open? Because I, I'm not going to lie, I doubted it. I was like a month before the Open, I was like, you're telling me, that all these people from around the globe are going to go to a COVID hotspot in New York City and somehow pull this off. Like, I maybe pull it off, but, like, there's going to be some major hiccups. And there really wasn't any major hiccups other than um, Mladonovic, I think, got upset once because she was in contact tracing with Bino Pierre because they played a game of cards. But I think she was just mad because she lost because – she lost pretty bad. And she blamed it on that. Whatever. But like going into it, you had not not necessarily skeptical, but be like, I have no idea what's going to happen. No, I definitely landed in that boat. I was, I mean, I was a little nervous. I'm like, okay, this is. I mean, this could be risky. I, I too had the same doubts of like people are coming from all over the world. How can they get this done safely? I mean, it's the the USTA employs so many people as well i mean it's more than just media and um um and players but it's you know security and in different things like that so yeah i mean i was it was was so weird because i mean you you get there and you're like okay you're you're nervous right you don't you yourself don't want to get covid and then you know after a couple days there's you kind of get more comfortable and i mean the usta I, i can't say enough how much they did and to keep us all safe and to just really to make us feel safe too, especially during a very difficult and uncertain and I mean, kind of scary time. So yeah, I mean, they, they blew me away with everything that they had um, to keep us safe. Yeah. And especially as a staff member, cause like I can kind of get where you're coming from on that. Cause like 
Last year, even when I was there, I was like, I want nothing to do with anything that goes wrong with any player. Like, if a player trips and falls in the hallway, I don't want to be in that hallway. Or like, if like if something happens to a player behind the scenes, or like they get sick or something last year, like a cold, I don't want to be near that player. And I don't like be in the any conversation of like, oh, Jacob was over there when that happened. And so like, even totally. this year, like there had to be even more added pressure. And there is so many people behind this you watch the like behind the scenes if you watch like the men's final they're like oh my god there's like a lot of people in the lower bowl well well one there's nothing else to do on the grounds that day except watch the men's final but also like there are a lot of staff members that come you're talking about all the officials need bosses you need all the ball kids or need bosses all the ball persons need the player operations uh media and player operations is really really big um yeah and, and then media and then like the player contact people and then you talked about security and then you talked about espn people and then other types of media like there's so many people that go into it w was there ever like in when you were in there was that like crossing your mind often or like never of like i don't want to one i don't want to get covid because it's covid and it could be bad but two i don't want to be the source of something happening to somebody <laughs> who's very more well known than i am no, totally. That was definitely a fear. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be the person to give it to Serena Williams or whatever, you know? So yeah, I mean, it was, there was, that crossed my mind quite a bit. And I mean, after I was there for like a week and a half, I'm like, okay, I think we're in the clear, but I mean, you still, it's, you never know, but yeah, that is definitely, that was, I mean, the added pressure there for sure of like, okay, we need to make sure we're doing our part to keep each other safe because You'd hate to be that that person that ruins it for everybody, you know. <laughs> for real, that'd be I, I wouldn't be able to sleep. It'd be brutal. Yeah, you just right. put me on a plane and ship me home in the tube. I'd <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be tough. Cal, tell me a little bit about. Um, I mean, I'm I'm guessing some people on here don't really have you on Snap or on you know social media. Tell me a little bit about you know you've done these vlogs before, but tell me you really you really picked them up here. Um, you really picked up the pace during the US Open. Tell me a little bit about those. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to give the people what they want, right? <laughs> yeah. No, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the bubble life, it got kind of lonely. So when I'd get back um, to my hotel room, I, you know, I also had a lot of friends and family that wanted, you know, to know what it was like. I mean, this is so uncharted territory, um, especially in the sports world. So a lot of people were, we're curious as to what it looked like and um you know what 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 being in a bubble you know consisted of so so yeah i mean definitely utilize the snapchat the instagram social media platforms um but yeah i, I mean yeah you gotta you gotta stay entertained literally you have to give the people what they want and cal's got a very <laughs> big following in the gustavus tennis world ish um and they were definitely begging for more and <laughs> we were get, we were getting more i mean i was i was picking up with it and i wanted to know what was going on in the bubble and they just kept coming and it was the i mean and they're great too because it's not like you know some people when they vlog they get like a little too into it and they'll like set the phone up and they'll be like okay like i gotta make sure like it's gotta be really good you know cal picks up the phone starts talking hey so today, you know, I got to give people what they want. We're back in the bubble, <laughs> day five in the bubble. I'm in the hotel room and I'm bored. Okay. Like, like, they're fantastic. Like, I, I got to tell you, for like, firsthand, 
I was a huge fan of the vlogs, and I and I think you keep you'll keep them coming here even after the U.S. Open, won't you? I, you know, there's a good chance. You know, backed by popular demand, potentially. Yeah, it's so. always it's always like. <laughs> It's always like, oh, there she is. What is she doing this time? <laughs> so, but sometimes the dogs make it into it. Sometimes, right? Some of the animals totally. make it. So, sometimes John, her dad, will make a celebrity appearance who's an absolute <laughs> hoot of a human. But mm. I, I love the vlogs, Cal, and thank you for keeping me updated. If people want to follow you on social media, Cal, where can they do that? Or obviously, where yes. can they do it? They can do it on the, the app, duh. But where can they find you? Yeah, um, Instagram, Callie Carlson, um, and yeah, Facebook, same thing. <laughs> Not yeah. She'll be she'll be if you see this off of Instagram or Twitter, you'll see that I tag her in it. So if you can't find her after that, get a life. Um, but anything else, Cal? Like the U.S. Open was what unbelievable. Like, uh, sorry, I don't want to put words in your mouth. W- one word to describe this year's U.S. Open. Oh, that's tough. I'm totally um, putting you on the spot. Uh, extraordinary. <laughs> wow, good word, extraordinary. Yeah. I, I dig it. I think it's. I think it's perfect. Um, I, I think it was a great U.S. Open. Um, I'm hoping that you get to go back next year, and they will be fans. Um, but with all this vaccine talk, who knows? But we don't want to get into politics. Is believe this is a tennis show. Um, but <laughs> the, um, will you go back again? I mean, your job there is great, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, am hoping I get the opportunity to go back again, um, next fall or next year. Yeah. Next tournament. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, that would be, that's the dream. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully there'll be fans. Cause then I can come yeah. to the US open as a fan, um, or maybe like working in as a line judge, who knows, maybe I'll get a new gig. Cal, thank you so much for coming. I've been hyped up about this podcast for a long time. So thank you so much for taking a little time out of your busy schedule, your busy vlog life, and jumping on here with me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks so much, Jake. That's right. Cal Carlson on the podcast. You can reach out to me at Jacob Sersosmo, both on Instagram and Twitter. You can find Believe Podcast, B-L-E-A-V, both on Instagram and Twitter. Shout out the podcast. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you think about Cal. She was great. Um, it, I'm so jealous she was at the U.S. Open. I got a couple other people that I might have known at the U.S. Open, but I don't think they were there as much as Cal was. So I think Cal definitely had the better life. Cal, thank you. Stay healthy, Cal. Wear those goggles to the co-op or somewhere if you need, <laughs> if you need something. Will, will do. Those, will will those do. make an appearance back in the vlog? Potentially. Stay tuned. Okay. Stay tuned, folks, to the <laughs> vlog. Appreciate it, Cal. Thank you so much. Yep. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20.